men. Uh, tonight we're all together in one room. It's been a bit of a task getting this to happen. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear us okay uh, and see us okay. We don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> that was your um, intro? That's what you're going with? That's what I'm going with. So, uh, what was I know, oh, I know. So, nah, start again. Oh, <laughs> I'm not starting again. So, um, as always, you've got myself, Tim. Uh, you've also got Lachlan. Howdy. And Ruben. Uh, after an evening. It is late. <laughs> it's late. Um, hence why we have Red Bulls. This episode is sponsored by... Or they're not. But we're all having Red Bulls. I haven't had one of these in probably five, maybe more years. And um, I needed it. Middle-aged man powered by taurine. <laughs> is that what they put in them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. So, um, it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> before, we get, <laughs> before we get started tonight, a couple of things. Uh, we have... This unique bottle of Wildcard 2 uh, from Baker Williams, mm. uh, which I got from Mudgy, which uh, I plan to have with these gentlemen this evening. Uh, so I'll pop the cork on that. Mm-hmm. And why did you purchase that one? You were, you, were, you were giving the inside scoop on it. That's one of the best things you can get out there or something, isn't it? I was told it is the bee's knees. Mm. And, uh, you know... They always trust a salesman selling their products. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I've never been burned by that ever in my life. There's a good piece of advice for all you young listeners out there. Always trust a salesperson. I'm with Sophist. <laughs> if someone's trying to sell you something and they really sound like they believe it, it must be good. Yeah. So there's yours, good sir. Thank you, man. Uh, Here is yours, good sir. So what's the story with this? And here's mine. It's a malt, a whiskey, and wine hybrid combo. It's an abomination. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's got yes, unique malt and wine spirit hybrid, combining characters of whiskey, brandy, and a hint of bourbon. I don't know what I'm smelling. It was originally yeah, born out of an error, apparently, and has become one of the favourites in the lineup. So I'm going to taste this and see what it's like. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> I'd reach across and cheers you, but you told me not to get too close to you on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that want to is, look small. That is glorious. <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind. Mm. Hmm. We've got two I don't mind it. Well, you know, I'm not like a, uh, a whiskey drinker either. Mm. Um, but I don't mind it. I don't know. I'd have to have a few more sips of that. That's a bit odd. That's the right play right there, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not sure when someone else is pouring, oh, I just I need a few more a few more goes of that one. <laughs> Alright, so while we're on the subject of alcohol, um, I got this for you two gentlemen. Oh really? I did. Nice man. Open it at the same time, please. Okay. So it's from the same location, Baker Williams Distillery. Simultaneous unwrapping. Simultaneous unwrapping. Are you ready? Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. ah. cool, cool. A gin, a local one, huh? Yeah, and they've got this really weird wax yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing going on. Yeah, it's, it's um, different. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. So, I'm interested. enjoy that. No, thank you, sir. This is a thank you from me. Um, we didn't really know what we were doing when we started this thing. We're up to episode 20, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm really having a good time, and I just wanted to get that say thanks. I oh, appreciate that, mate. So. Very, very cool. Now, here's a be along for the ride. 
Good. Now here's the other part, which is from my mum. So this is again another, we have to open it at the same time thing. <laughs> well, this is fun. <laughs> Unexpected and fun. I didn't bring you anything, Tim. And my mum didn't get you anything. I, well, <laughs> you know. I brought wine and cheese. That, that you did bring wine and cheese. That was, <laughs> that was my contribution. Okay. Yeah, yep. Okay, go, go, go. Mugs for the mugs. Ah. <laughs> so for those listening, this must be reading. We have opened <laughs> the small boxes. That's too funny. Containing, oh geez, that must be horrible on audio, sorry. Uh, three mugs containing our mugs. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, saying the Republic of Man. <laughs> Love it. That's so, cool. Thanks, Mum. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So I'll pop those there. <laughs> So there you go, we're a proper show now, we've got mugs. We've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mugs to go with the mugs. Perfect. <laughs> Alright, well let's uh, get into the Republic. Uh, we'll try and finish off this chapter 8 and dig into chapter 9. Mm. Uh, so to the subject of tyranny. Yeah. Um, but let's do a little recap. So well, the method, I'm just going to recap the method. Yes, Basically, exactly. what he's been doing is going through these different types of government, and first he describes how one government goes to the other, then he describes the nature of that government, and then he describes the nature of the individual that lives within the society under that government. Three-step process? Yeah, and it's been sort of like a, a scale starting from basically what they think is the best form of government. <clears throat> um, down to the, the lowest form of government, um, which has been interesting since the last one we did was democracy, which was second from the bottom, <laughs> which was yeah. somewhat shocking for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was shocking, but um, they kind of liked it a little bit as well. Yeah, I sort yeah. of put it down like a cheap thrill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the junk food of uh, democratic, <laughs> sorry, of political Junk food systems. of governments. <laughs> yeah. You're like, look, it, it takes a right, but it's not really good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tyranny. Mm. Uh, my favourite. <laughs> As a parent, we're kind of looking at um, what following the method, how we sort of move from democracy mm. into tyranny, mm. um, and uh, I think they sort of start with a little bit of a recap, really, of what what we we're looking at, sort of in in uh, in democracy, and I, I guess it's a state of liberty, right? Mm. and uh, an abundance of liberty. No one wants to follow any laws, any rules. People don't care too much about... I don't know what's going on. They're talking about, you know, if they've got a... Uh, someone who's convicted of something, <clears throat> a crime, walking the streets when they should have been, you know, locked up or, you know, sentenced Yeah, some some sort of penalty. And no one sort of cares enough to, you know, everyone just worries about themselves. and. Mm. Right, and that's right, and he says that uh, oligarchy, if oligarchy uh, kind of has a problem because of the excess of wealth and greed, uh, they say that democracy suffers from the same problem, but instead of an excess of wealth, it's an excess, excess of freedom. Mm. Right, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, he uses the term liberty, but I'm, I'm, I guess that's kind of freedom, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like Lord of the Flies. It's like so much freedom that chaos, mm. chaos happens. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, 
society normally works around a framework of rules, whether they're written mm. or unwritten. And um, when you've got a society where no one cares about the rules and everyone's a law unto themselves, you naturally get chaotic behaviour, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that sort of sounds like what they're, what they're describing there. Mm. Um, you know, too much of a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he seems to think that that excess, that excess of liberty is what undermines democracy and leads to tyranny. Mm. Yeah, and he goes on to sort of explain that. Yeah, um, I think uh, th- there's a lot of discussion around sort of like desire being a, a, an issue too. Like, because well, that's I suppose like feeding the, the greed and the wealth sort of side of things. But it's it's not just greed and wealth. It's also, um, I suppose, like how do you put it? It's 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 passions or it's um, indulgences. I think was mm. more maybe the word he was sort of using, um, and it, it's wealth is used to feed them. But I think um, it's just kind of like leaving the any of those sort of virtues to the side, and that the virtues you know lack importance any longer. Yep. And um, you know that it's just sort of allowing that sort of thing to breed in the in the society. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, I think as they're sort of talking about the transition, you know, where it's getting into tyranny is where I think Rubio mentioned there, like, you can get people who are accused of being oligarchs. Yes. And it, they sort of create like a bit of a circus out of that. And it's sort of, uh, putting them in a position where they're almost like sort of paraded before the masses and forced to defend themselves when <clears throat> maybe they actually haven't really done anything too wrong but it, it's just it's, it's sort of a political circus there where they're getting the the mob and the drones to all sort of rise up and mm. uh, and sort of turn on you know members of the you might sort of still call them like part of the aristocracy or the mm. the, the oligarchs the the leaders of the sort of society yep and um you know those people are going to have to sort of uh, you know uh, defend themselves in front of a mob and, uh... <laughs> yeah, unless the authorities are very mild and giving give it give the uh, give the people a lot of liberty, it will the people will curse them for oligarchs and punish them. Mm. Mm. Uh, do we see this? Have we seen this? Is that a thing? What uh, calling out the uh, oligarchs? And, yeah. Uh, look, uh, I guess. In Australian society, um, you know, we have tall poppy syndrome, right? Yes, yeah, we cut them, we cut them people down anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah we do. Um, so it's a bit of a different thing here, where I don't, I don't know, as a if if you were an oligarch, right, mm. you need to be somewhat modest about it in Australia. Yeah. And if you're not, like, pe- people will turn on you. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. But uh, I think in other sort of cultures and things like, you know, the uh, the US. Um, it's, Stop picking on the US. I, I know, right? I always feel like I'm picking on the US. But um, but it's a but it, it's a different psyche there. Like they don't have tall poppy syndrome there, and uh, I think uh, there might be jealousy. Yeah. But it's not about um, like stop big noting yourself, you wanker, which is what Australians <laughs> sort of do, right? Yeah. Um, if anyone that's listening overseas, wanker is like. <laughs> 
Aussie for Aussies, we that's like a big, that's like a very common go-to insult, yeah, isn't totally, it? Right? Like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think what the American equivalent would be or the English equivalent. Well, the English would still say wanker. They'd say Probably. exactly the same way. As yeah. Me. They say yeah. tosser though, don't they? Sometimes tosser. they say tosser. Yeah. 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 What do yeah. what are the, what are the Yanks say? Uh, look, you could say it's they're they're a bit of a imbecile, <laughs> or um, they're, they're sort of up themselves. Yeah. Like a snobby imbecile. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, fig gen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah. yeah, so... Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, so I think that's just sort of what happens there. Uh, I think, you know, when they're sort of starting to talk about this there, um, it's, it's a lack of respect for authority that's mm. starting to come through in the society. And they, uh, Socrates is sort of talking about how... Um, it sort of comes up in all parts of there. So it could be like sons disrespecting their father, the fathers disrespecting the leaders of the society. Um, and it just sort of is becoming a bit of like a vicious circle. Mm. Yeah, he also identifies that it gets to a point where there's no distinction between citizens and aliens and foreigners. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's like a reference to multiculturalism as we know it, but... I think they're also talking about... Um, like uh, slaves as well, that there's yeah. less difference bef- between a free man and a slave. Yeah, it, everyone's got their opinions and shows no respect. And I guess in, the, in those times, you know, a, a slave who didn't show respect for their master, it's not a slave at all, right? Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why even have slaves? <laughs> you know. Gosh. <laughs> um, the disrespect sounds pretty familiar when you consider. The amount of nonsense that happens on social media, you know, Twitter sort of feuds that happen. For sure. Um, yeah. Look, uh, social media makes it faceless, right? Mm. And um, Yeah, back then you had to do it to people's face, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think people feel a lot more freedom, should we call it liberty, right? Yeah. To, <laughs> uh, to, to be able to like get on Twitter and just hack on someone, right? So, yeah. Again, for anyone listening outside of Australia, hack on someone, pick on someone. Um, be mean to them. Yeah, be mean to them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, uh, I think, um, yeah, it's just a disrespect all over the place is sort of what's 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 happening here. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you're right. I'd write up the slaves bit. Um, he says, you know, I, I love the bit where he picks on women, so I always highlight them. <laughs> but... <laughs> they have this, so you're talking about slaves and masters have the same liberty as their owners, not to mention the complete equality and liberty in relation in relations between the sexes. Oh, what about the animals bit he mentions? I, I was yeah. like, I, I struggled. So he said something about uh, liberty of animals. And then old mate just agrees with him. He's like, oh yeah, I've, I've seen that when I go on oh, my country walk. walks. Yeah, so walking thought, in the road and like this, like. You know, horse is going to barge Bumpy. me out of the way or something like that. That horse showed me no respect. <laughs> yeah. That's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I, didn't, I, I just thought it was an analogy until old mate. I just thought yeah. it was an analogy for people become like animals. It's all bumping into each other. There's no pens. Yeah. All the animals are mixing. Oh, it's animal farm. Comes that's, through, right? That's what I thought it was. And then, but then old mate just goes with it. Glaucon or yeah. one of them just goes, yeah, yeah, I've seen when that happens on, on my country walks. And it's yeah. like... <laughs> But do you think it's like... Are they talking was about someone, Was someone guiding the horse? Like, do you think it's like a road rage incident? Like, someone, <laughs> like you didn't Ancient stop when I was on the crossing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Hey, do you reckon... Because you know how there's a thing, like, in our society where, you know, it's, you're a tough man when you're behind the wheel. Like, yeah. people will say and do 
the most outrageous things when they're in their car that they would never say to yeah. you. Yeah. Do you reckon it was like that with horses back then? Yeah. You're tough man in the chariot. He's just going through, like, barging through his horse, flipping the bird, and everybody yeah. else is walking. <laughs> Plebs. You yeah. know, like... <laughs> or, they, or they get off the horse and they just, they're quite trivial, like, yeah, quite, yeah. quite civil, but sure. when they're riding on their horse, they turn into, like, yeah. road raging something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you reckon they've modded their horses? Like, you've got, like, eight-inch... And short shoe, uh, shoes on there, and try and, sure. try and like lower your horse. Lower your like, horse. Do, you, do you teach your horse to walk with its legs bent so it's, <laughs> it's lower and has better cornering? Bit of extra swagger yeah. in the in the trot or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe that's like getting it to stand up on its back legs was like the early airbag suspension. <laughs> we get the horses to go like this. What would a horse drag race look like? <laughs> what look like? Oh, it just look like a horse race. Horse race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, a short race, maybe yeah. a 400 metre race. <laughs> maybe that's where the quarter mile came from. How long is it? Maybe like a, um, what's that movie? Ben Hur. Yeah. How long is that? The chariot race. Yeah. And the, oh. I wonder right. if that's 400 metres. It would that's have right. to be quite, it's because it's not right around the outside, right? Because it's like, it's down the middle. Yeah. Rather than right around the That's edges. a drag strip. It was with a hairpin at each end. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's like a British drag strip. <laughs> you still have to be able to turn. Yeah, 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 nice, nice. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, it'd still have to be pretty close to 400 metres. Yeah. It wouldn't be much shorter. Though. I wonder where that quarter mile... Where it came from. Yeah. Why did they start using yeah. a quarter mile? Why if the Egyptians used it? <laughs> <laughs> Saving their ships or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. No, that's fine. Too funny. Um, yeah, so like, from over here, then they, there's a little passage I sort of read there. Because um, they're sort of talking about this. Um, and above all, I said, and as a result of all, see how sensitive the citizens become. They chafe impatiently at the least touch of authority. And at length, as you know, they cease to care even for the laws, written or unwritten. They'll have no one over them. Yes, he said, I know it too well. Such, my friend, I said, is the fair and glorious beginning out of which springs tyranny. Um, mine, yeah, mine says the least vestige of restraint. Is resented and intolerable. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I reckon we see a bit of that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we've had some pretty uh, solid restraint lately. So <laughs> rather that's, than uh, rather than uh, minor restraint. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Mm. Um, I I think we see we see this kind of uh, resentment towards restraint probably in the social sphere. Mm. In terms of, you know, don't tell me who I can marry, all that sort of gear, you know. Like, sure. We're pretty liberal in that <clears> sense. <throat> but, yeah, you don't see this in terms of the uh, whole uh, COVID lockdown sort of gear. People were a little bit, seemed to be a little... I mean, you, we, we didn't get this reaction to that. I and mean, that's, a, that's a big type of restraint. People were, were sort of a little bit amenable to that. So. I, I, absolutely. I think um, people in the majority were pretty compliant. Yeah. And uh, I think actually surprised a lot of people as to how compliant the general population was over, I suppose, some fairly large restrictions of freedom. Yeah. Albeit for some reasons. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, but um, but still, I mean, uh, you know, there's always those conversations about tyranny and, uh, you know, you should never make it easy for people to remove your freedom. You know, it's a dangerous thing to do. It's a lot hard to get back once yeah. it's gone. Always, yeah. 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 Correct. Okay, um, so this is 
where the birthplace of tyranny begins, right? Yeah, so now they start sort of talking about how the tyrannical kind of takes power from this situation. Okay. Um, well, he posits, yeah, he posits, he basically says, whenever you, he comes up with this sort of idea that wherever you get an extreme in one direction, it's going to cause the extreme in the opposite direction. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether he's presenting that as a universal, but I think that's certainly something that does happen in some circumstances, the whole... It's like Newton's theory of relativity, right? Uh, <laughs> Newton? Uh, yeah. Call an opposite reaction? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Was that Newton? I don't know. I thought it was what goes up must come down. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was Einstein? He was E equals MC squared. Yeah. That's that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was in the Young Einstein movie. He made beers with bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Einstein. Yeah. yeah. That's another reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Young is serious made big movies. They were, they were popular in America for a time. People, people know that. Yeah, yeah I'd be serious. Yeah, yeah. legend. Yeah, good things. It was, it was good. I don't know why he went away. Um, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so every action is the equal opposite reaction. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, whoever said that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it would have been. It doesn't matter. I think it was Newton. I think you're right. We should Google it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, so hang on. Let's let's take a quick pause. Yeah. Those listening, I just want to double check everything's working. So we'll take a quick pause and then yeah. we'll come back. Bye. I'm just concerned that these aren't working. I just want to make sure. Do we keep talking? You're going to edit this out? No, leave it in. No, I'll edit it out. It's moving magic. Don't lie. Yes, it's still recording. What about sound? Is the lights on on the sound? I can't tell. That's recording. It doesn't, it doesn't have a light. It's really weird. That one's got a flashy light at least. good. That's still going? Yeah, Lachlan said that one's good. Yeah, it's going. The time is going. Great, yeah. And is your sound little thing saying it's doing something? Yep, still going. Keep talking for me for a second. Hey, yeah, hey, uh, check. Check, check one, two. Is everything's moving on it? It is. It's not super high too, which is great. Alright, alright. So I'll just kill that aircon if I can find the remote quickly. Just there. Yeah. Keep it here in case we want to throw it back on while we're rolling. Yeah, good idea. I'll just turn this audio up just Don't knock it till you tried it. Sound snap. Do we remember where we were up to with our conversation? Yeah. No, nah, but it's fine. I don't know either. Where were we? I'll kick us back off. Um, sorry, I was you really do nervous. I wanted to do a repeat of last time where we did the whole thing in the real Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Like, do a snap. Are you going to do a snap thing again? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> three, three, two, one. And we're back. We are back. Thank <laughs> you for putting up with that small disruption to our broadcast. But uh, I was just nervous. We've done a show once before. Mm. And it didn't record the entire thing, and we had to do a second round the next day, and that sucked. And so this is our first live one. So that's right. So I'm just this, is, this opportunity is not going to happen again. Super, super cautious. <laughs> oh, the, the likelihood of us all being in the same room around and it's Christmas. December. Yeah. Yeah. How did this happen? I know, right? Yeah. This is this is what you're seeing right now is basically like seeing a unicorn. 
<laughs> yes. literally. Yes. Yeah. All right. So where were we? Uh, yeah. So the tyrannical leaders taking power. So uh, Ribs is talking about how the um, opposites. Um, you know. So we've got st- extremes in one side. You get extremes on the other. Um, so there was a, there's a little quote around that. <clears throat> um, the excess of liberty, whether in states or individuals, seems only to pass into excess of slavery. Yes, the natural order. Mm. And so tyranny naturally arises out of democracy and the most aggravated form of tyranny and slavery out of the most extreme form of liberty, as we might expect. Yep. I think this is interesting. and I know we're not up to the nature of the individual. And I don't actually remember it sort of coming up in this format. But I think this is an interesting idea. Mm. Um, the idea being that the more freedom you have or the more you give in to your desires, the more you actually become a slave because you're controlled by those desires. Yeah, yeah. it's an old stoic quote that I'm very fond of that's um, yeah. pleasures without limits are but punishments. Right. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think it's the same principle. Mm. Yeah, big time. And I think St. Augustine said the same thing again later on, he's post-Stoics. Um, I, oh, do you guys think that's an idea that's lost on us today in our current society? I, I don't know that it's um, at a level... Uh, I think people are indulgent. Mm. Um, I don't think it's maybe to that sort of extreme level. But there's obviously a proportion of the society which probably is at that extreme level, right? Yeah, and we were talking about that like last week with I suppose uh, more referencing that like extreme wealth and the fact that they can indulge any like that idiot with the Lamborghini who's bare <laughs> to the door off, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously there are people in our society who do who do do that, mm. but I think you've always got a degree of that in any society, right? Do we have a lot of them? I don't know. I'm not quite sure what the percentage of, of idiots with Lamborghinis and bears would be. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's maybe hard. I think there is, though. Like, it, <clears throat> if you think, and I'm doing this from a glass house, or as they would say in Game of Thrones, um, the raven calls the crow black. <laughs> but, like, if you look at the amount of people in the world that are obese, right? Sure. Like, that's very high. Mm. Um, I think in Australia it's over 50%. Mm. Yeah. And... You know, fitness people who I hang out with quite regularly because I'm trying to get healthier and yeah. it is working, though having this alcohol probably isn't the best thing for it right now. Sure. Um, the, the, that's the principle essentially is, um, you know, you, you can have a drink if yeah. you want, but it has a cost and as long as you measure daily your intake yeah. and don't overdo it, um, then you can enjoy life, you can enjoy different foods without getting the punishment of getting too heavy from it. Sure. Right. Um, so I think the fact that more than half of the people in our country have eaten too much food for a long, long time, and we yeah. drink a heck of a lot in this country and sure. get drunk all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that suggests that actually it is kind of common, but it's probably just in specific places. <clears throat> it's probably not in all aspects of life, but... Yeah, certainly examples. I I think the probably the difference between um, what Socrates is looking at versus what our modern lifestyle is too um, is around the the actual cost of it as well, not just the physical sort of toll of it. Mm. Um, because back then life was simple out of necessity, generally speaking, and I think anyone who wanted those luxuries had to pay for them, and you there was a high cost for it. 
Yeah. Um, the reality of our modern life is that this stuff's cheap uh, in the scheme of things, right? Mm. And you can have people who are in poverty who are still obese because junk food's cheaper than real food. Yep. Yeah. Um, or so even, even an alcoholic can afford to feed his habit pretty easily sure. generally yeah, yeah like yeah. begging coins on the corner or whatever it is you get enough to get your, get goon, some, get get your goon bag or whatever they yeah. call it or the, they call it cask wine yeah. yeah yeah cask wine yeah that's it so so uh i think we have a ease of access that they wouldn't have had back then um yeah that's interesting so um yeah i, I don't know i, I mean it's all, i know we've had a couple of conversations around this it'd be interesting to see what uh, socrates would Hmm. sort of see if he, if he was in the modern age you know what I mean yeah um, if he just sort of go oh this is just more of the same <laughs> or if it'd be like is there anything fundamentally different about the way we live now apart yeah. from having more stuff yeah mm. yeah I don't know I think what I'm referring to though and I don't mean to harp <clears> on about it is something more fundamental though um, the idea being if you have a desire or a passion overindulging it the, the cost physical or monetary or otherwise, um, overindulging it actually makes you into a slave of it because you lose control of that desire because it becomes stronger and stronger. I guess addiction is probably the one that yeah. that would be most obvious in. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if that idea is somewhat lost. Like, I mean, if you... Do you think there's more of a general gist in society these days that it's like oh if you feel like if you feel like something just do it mm. um whereas <clears throat> the, what, what socrates is pointing towards is more like if you follow what i might be reading too much into it but if the idea is giving in to your desires actually makes you a slave to them if you don't if they get out of hand mm. uh, is that kind of what he the risk that he's pointing out like mm. um if you want to control a desire, don't just give into it. Yeah. Like, if it feels good, do it. It's not a good principle to live by, I mm. guess, is essentially yeah. what Socrates yeah. would be saying. But Cheryl Crow's wrong. Cheryl, Cheryl, I don't know. What did she say? It makes you happy you come with it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a dated reference. It's sort of like a clutch. <laughs> <laughs> the, the memory bank is like, clutch for a song. <laughs> you, like I don't know. Do you think people think that way these days? Or I'm probably overthinking it, aren't I? Uh, yeah, look, I think, again, like, um, it's... A case that I don't know, like maybe you're right. Like it is sort of like liberty and freedom that we have in this country, anyway. Where you know, I think most people do have a, a comfortable-ish sort of lifestyle, mm. and if they do want to do something, they they kind of can. But I guess we do have still that you know, there's going to be a proportion of the population who's going to be like the the miser we had in the in the previous example yeah um you know where you know despite that fact they're going to you know try and accumulate wealth and but and live a, a meager kind of life mm. you're going to have the spendthrifts as well we're all about that uh you know the barefoot investor always talks about plastic wealth and yep. people who want to present their wealth because you know, i've got a bmw and i've got a car and i've got this and i've got that but it's all on finance and yeah. um they're living that that lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Society's always going to have a, a mixed bag. I guess it's just the ratios that are going to change over time. Mm. It's right. kind of hard to tell. I think yeah. we sort of see. But, but yeah, look, as a pulse check, you're probably right. I think people are more inclined to, but, but I think yeah. that it is more accessible now. 
<clears throat> yeah, I think so too. And um, it doesn't necessarily dominate your life, though we certainly, we could talk about video games, for example, and, uh, you know, people can in, overindulge in that passion to a degree where they don't get any sleep. Not enough exercise. Not enough exercise. Yeah. They're not They're not interacting with people with in a healthy people. way. Well, they might argue online, you know, still interacting. With <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, it, it may impact their, their life and that's something that's like super accessible, like teenagers in particular, right? Stuff's like crack. Yeah. Um, mm. And if you gave them unlimited access... And they're designed. They're d- games are now designed to be addictive. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, yeah they use yeah. psychologists to try and get people hooked. Mm. Mm. Um, it's a constant battle I have, particularly with my son. We're yeah. just trying to get him to get off. I mean, yeah, it, it, it makes me tired just thinking about it. Sure. But well, it's a personal it, battle too, right? Because yeah. there were times in my life where I gained way too much at the cost of me too. other things. Mm. Um, yeah, right. you know, my health and relationships. Um, you know, but I still love it. Yeah. But there's absolutely a shift in my thinking towards it and uh, that it, it's a... it's. And part of this was like, I, I did a pyramid of what my hierarchy of what matters to me actually is because I was finding that in my heart, I knew what was important and what the correct order of things should be. Mm. But I kept investing my time at the bottom of that table, kind of like a food pyramid sure. where I was just investing my time in the desserts yeah. instead of in the meat and <clears> veg, <throat> right? Sure. And, um, so, so once I figured that out, it, helped, it made it a lot easier to limit my gaming time. Mm. But that took some time. So. Well, yeah, like, as you said, um, you know, there's a there's a programming in your brain as well as in the game where you get that, you know, hit of... Um, what is dopamine? It? Is it dopamine, yeah. Endorphins. It's like a trigger that you get. The, the, the Happy hormones. It's the reward system <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. You, that triggers when you, you know, get that achievement in Forza for best drift score or whatever it is. Yes. Know. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, an intervention? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, I wish I was an achievement for cool stupid car. Yeah. So I'll be aiming for that. Yeah. Your mystery um, machine. Yeah. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I, I probably derailed the, switch, the, the conversation enough. Um, but I've got one more quote. Um, okay. Yeah. That, that idea, I think, developed and then all, when it got hit Augustine of Hippo, he said that uh, a man has as many masters as he has vices. Hmm. Um, so I kind of, I kind of feel like that's kind of what Socrates is talking about. Yeah. About the democratic spirit that leads to the tyrannical spirit. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's quickly move forward. There's Plato to probably. There's no quickly about it. Nah. <laughs> True. True. We thought we would be almost finishing our second book by now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's look. Let's get going. Um, so, I mean, is this where we start talking about uh, the ruling power, or do we want to talk about the rise of the protector? Uh, I think I can. I think I can get us to the rise of the protector quite quickly. Okay, uh, go. For I, it. I could be wrong. <clears throat> uh, he goes on to say that the democracy is made up of different classes mm. and. Uh, he's pretty negative towards one particular class. So the first class that, that he brings up that he's negative towards um, are what he previously re- referred to as drones and spendthrifts. So they're basically people who party down, don't so much care about the future, spend their money, don't really produce anything. Um, he says that's one class. The other class is the working class, which is your... Uh, um, 
regular working sticks, traders. Traders. Sure. Yeah. Um, they're more or less, they're more or less work from day to day. They just got to get and buy. And then the third class are, I think he describes as the people from kind of the the misers, the ones that are careful with their money. They're a bit smarter, mm. and they end up with most of the wealth. So those yep. are three classes. And they're saying that those are the ones who are getting squeezed by the drones. By the drones, yeah. Yeah, because they're trying to get their wealth out. Yep, yep. Yeah, right. So basically, <laughs> society stratifies in that. I think that's fairly reasonable. I think we see a bit of that even really today. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've lost track. Well, then you're sort of moving on to this is the rise of the protector. And, yeah, yeah. And um, well, uh, so the protector comes out of that class of moneyed people. Who want to protect their wealth? Is that right? No, he's like a champion of the people. Right. Um, well, I, I don't. And I, actually, it's not super clear on which Where class he's from. coming out yeah. of. Um, but um, this was, and sorry, I must have skipped ahead a little bit before we were talking about the, uh, you know, that uh, someone who may get like accused of being like an oligarch or something like that. Yeah. And um, they get pushed upon by the drones, who, uh, you know, what's well, post impeachment. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Talking about, yeah. yeah, so they're saying the sting of the drones torments them and breeds revolution. Mm. Um, then come impeachments and judgments and trials of one another. Yeah. Uh, and then the people have always some champion whom they set over them and nurse into greatness. Yeah. Um, this and no other is the root from which a tyrant springs. When he first appears above ground, he is a protector. Mm. So that got me thinking a little bit. I don't want to go too far down the throat hole, but... Like, I love the show Rome, and I think it portrays Caesar really well in that show. Um, but there's certainly tyrants. Like, everyone says he was a tyrant. That show does a really good job of getting you to want him to win right. for quite a long time. Mm. And then you start to see the corruption sneak in mm. at different points <clears throat> until finally you realize, oh, yeah, he's actually pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty good like that yeah. um, so I was like okay there's an example where he was like the people's champion mm. you know, they're, they're, no one was happy he comes back he's smashed the goals here's yeah. some wealth so some wealth redistribution yeah. um, the elites are a bunch of flogs let me yeah. run the place yeah. takes out all the elites and then up comes the tyrant um, there goes the aircon remote <laughs> and um, the that, that got me then thinking, okay, what, what other historical examples of tyrants where they start off as a protector? Like Hitler's an obvious one. That's when he first came through, he was like yeah. a legend, right? He started doing the Autobahn. He made he, socialism work. Made socialism work for a time. Debatably. <laughs> for a time. <laughs> um, or like, yeah, drugs make you feel good for a time, right? Um, and and then became the bad guy. Yeah, is there other examples that came to mind for you? Uh, one that came to mind is the... Praetorian Guard. Right. Are we up to that? Because no, no, we're up to that. They, the next thing is the tyrant's going to ask for a bodyguard. Anyway, sure. Okay. So we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, dare I say the dirty T word? Can I talk about the Donald? Can well, I... you can. Um, there's a deck of cards up there in his face on him. If you want to mention, <laughs> they're apparently gold coated. No, I, I think he fits the bill somewhat, mm. particularly when they started to talk about um, the impeachments. <laughs> they put him on trial but he's kind of being all things in that 
Like, but he's the guy that's trying to be impeached, and then he's going to be the people's champion, sort of like. But he's definitely a populist, which I think they're kind of describing yeah. a but populist. That would make him the uh, oligarch who's being trialed, yeah. not, not the tyrant. Not quite the tyrant. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. not to do. But yeah. we're talking about sort of that. We're heading there. Sure, sure. Because it does then go on to say that um, about this particular person, they they try to take him out. And then they can't. They might try to kill him. Yeah. Um, but then he come. He <clears throat> may come back, and he come back stronger. Yeah. So, do, do, if twenty twenty four, if Trump comes back, are we are we are we in tyrant territory? Do we, do I we really media, have to start worry, worrying that he's literally I, Hitler. I think the media would say we are in tyrant country if that happens. Oh well, for, for anyone on CNN who happens to be listening, I know because I know you'd probably write into our show. Um, have, have a read of this. It'll give you some good ammo to use against him in twenty twenty four. They're talking about now, like the uh, the protector would have the the mob at his disposal yeah and what he would sort of do with that um so he's they're talking about that he's now going to be like rolling out false accusations a bit against any of the leadership that's there um he'd kill or banish anyone who's sort of standing in opposition to, to yeah, what's going should, on you're talking about show trials i mean that's, that's what stalin yeah. did right like <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. his oppositions that turn them into show trials yeah I think that's an interesting idea too, because someone who's in that sort of position of power can probably just disappear people, right? Yeah. But they don't always do that. Mm. They have these show trials because they yeah. want a big public thing yeah. of he's an enemy of the people. And yeah, giving give, people like being given someone to hate, right? What was yeah. that? Uh, was that in uh, George Orwell's Nineteen Eighty Four? They had the Hour of Hate. Yeah, a minute. A minute. A minute. Was it something like that? A yeah, minute yeah, of hate yeah, or something okay. like that. Yeah. And it's like it's. I don't know. It's something for people to, to focus on. And, uh, I um, had a really terrible idea. You might need to edit this out. But when that was... <laughs> no, no, when that was... Because you got that minute of, hey, I actually, yeah. around the time of COVID, we had a, a premiere was... Back, glitter, glitter, oh, yeah, glitter. yeah, yeah, yeah. Glitter, yeah. I was going to put a, a meme together which had on the top, George Orwell, minute of hate. Right. So I'd be like, George Orwell brought you 60 seconds of hate or whatever it is. Yeah. And then... Um, Gladys Berejiklian brought you the 11am uh, 60 minutes of fear yeah because <laughs> she used to come on at 11am every morning and tell us how many yeah, people had died and yeah. why we had to be locked down and all that sort of thing <laughs> um, I refrained from doing it just don't put on a red folder mate yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right no but also in Orwell there's that whole thing about uh, was it West failure or whatever like yeah they kept changing who who they were at war with yeah that's right that's and right, that's yeah. exactly what he goes on to say this yep. tyrant will then have to have foreign wars to make wars to, yeah to have a, a, a common enemy yeah to keep people that's right and they kept having to rewrite the books do you remember in 1984 yep. so rewrite the history books for who's to say, the enemy? no we've always hated these people <laughs> they've been our enemy all along even though like last week they were actually their ally or whatever yeah so, yeah that's right yeah it's the propaganda machine um, the other thing he does is that he's uh, the tyrant hints at the uh, abolition of debts and the redistribution of wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting, eh? Mm. Yeah. But then simultaneously taxes everyone heavily to pay for his wars, well, that, which keeps them poor and keeps them in line. Yeah, so that, well, they sort of talk about that and like where where that money's going to come from. Mm. Um, so, well, anyway, before we get on to that, this is where they start talking about your uh, your guard and the uh, the bodyguards and all that sort of stuff. So. That's right. The tyrant goes to the people and says, I need protecting yep. because I'm your protector and I need protecting. Yeah. And, and they're going to come after me because 
they don't like what I'm saying. The people in power yeah. don't yeah. like what I'm saying. They don't like, yeah. And so he then has to have a guard. And that's where I was talking about. The Romans had the Praetorian Guard at some point um, where it was basically kind of like secret police, but mm. they got brought in to protect the emperor. Yeah. But then they end up being used to kind of disappear people and gather intel and all that sort of stuff. And I think at a certain point in Roman history, they actually became more powerful than the emperor and they might have disappeared one or two of them. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. I think uh, one of the things they're talking about here too, which I thought was interesting, is that uh, the people care so much for their tyrant protector um, that they care more about his well-being than their own. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that they're... They're so focused on this person who's their champion that they'll put their needs above their own, and that's just handing the power over to the mm. to the tyrant. Man. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and, and so basically that's what they're saying. Like that's the that's the step where he's now taking the power, and he becomes that tyrannical leader. Yep. Um, from just being the protector. Yep. I, I really like the way it describes this. He's an excellent. Mm. section of the book mm. I enjoy it I, I like this particular part where um, just after talking about the ob- uh, abolition of debts and petition of lands and after this what will be his destiny must he not either perish at the hands of his enemies or from being a man become a wolf that is a tyrant mm. inevitably <laughs> that reminds me of uh, Tim Murray inevitably 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 yes Let's keep going. So, when a man who is wealthy and is also accused of being an enemy of the people sees this, and my friend, as the oracle said to Croesus, by Pebbly's Hermes's shore, he flees and rests not and is not ashamed to be a coward. <laughs> and quite right too, uh, said he. For if he were, he would never be ashamed again. But if he is caught, he dies. Mm. Of course. So that's the fleeing of the wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm. Which, yeah. Uh, Texas? Oh, people are wealthy from California. Yeah, to Texas. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got people coming from all over the US. Like, I think Texas is like the fastest growing mm. state in there. Oh, place. is that right? Yeah, they're jumping yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they sort of talk about the early days of what happens now that the tyrannical leaders sort of taking over now. Um, they're saying, like, uh, like they're, they're now controlling the state and they're walking around, you know, everyone's like saluting each other, like, <laughs> We've had the, you know, change of the guard and that, uh, you know, it's all happy and smiling and making promises to everybody about the, you know, the, the great new world we're all going to have together. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is, they did sort of say that uh, he probably would do a little bit of distribution of the wealth here at this point in time. Because it's probably like, I guess if they've just taken over all of the wealth of everyone else, they're probably thinking, you know, is it? shit ton here I can hand out a little bit and uh, I will be alright but as Rubes had kind of mentioned um, you know the cost of all the wars and all this sort of stuff starts to uh, starts yeah, to well, stack up yeah, yeah. so um, but this is where they start talking about like once once they're in control the happiness of the person hmm. which I thought was a bit a different approach it feels like an odd place for them to go at this point um, I think it's down a little bit further, the happiness bit. Is that one to talk about the individual? Or? Well, for me, like as soon as... Oh, well, actually, you're right. I've skipped one thing. The the bodyguard. So this is where they... They recruits from the, the slaves. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then he recruits from the slaves. Yeah. That's right. They talk about him recruiting from the slave cast because he needs yeah. people to be loyal. Yeah. 
because um, yeah. because he's emancipated them, they'd be yeah. loyal. But straight after the yeah. fleeing of the the death of the rich, which we just talked about, mm-hmm. he says, and now let us consider the happiness of the man, and also of the state in which a creature like him is generated. Is sure, sure. That's when we're moving on to the individual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted to talk about Euripides. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How do I make this concise? <laughs> uh, he, uh, yeah, Socrates basically has a go right at the uh, the um, the poets, uh, saying that in the ty- in the tyrant state they would uh, essentially sing the praises of the tyrant, so they would be considered wise, uh, and the tyrant may surround himself with the type. And then he goes on to say, there's a little bit where he kind of says, and because earlier on he talks about his perfect state and how mm-hmm. there'd be certain poets. And, and people allowed in the state and he wouldn't allow these people. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he basically, so this has kind of come way back full circle and he kind of says, and this is, this is kind of why. Mm. Yeah. Because in a state where you've got someone who's running it, who's desperate for power, he needs to influence people mm. and he wants to be surrounded by people that tell him the things he wants to hear. And the people who are best at doing that are, are, are your poets and the people that are good with words. Um, I'm probably, I'm probably not quite getting exactly the, the spirit of what he's saying, but that was my read on it. Um, and I, I, I like it when he has a go at the, at the, at the poets. So, um, <laughs> um, there's a couple of good quotes in there, but I think they're probably a little bit too complicated. So is that roughly what he says, I think? Yeah, um, I think he's basically accusing them of generating propaganda for the, for the, the leaders. And um, they're, they're just playing to the, the ego of these tyrannists mm. and supporting their cause because it's going to line their pockets and it's helping the tyrannical leader there as well. Well, it is interesting because when we think about propaganda in the 20th century, we usually attribute it to tyrants or people like Hitler or Stalin. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not saying that other... I'm sure other governments had propaganda, but when we talk about propaganda, we usually are thinking about the tyrants yeah. that produce it. Yeah, so. yeah I, I don't know. I, I think 50, 50 on that. And, and I suppose like the example I would think of would be like, you know, either, um, you know, World War II and you had, you know, British propaganda yeah. trying to match the... The, 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 the Nazi propaganda. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we'd, I guess they all do it. But yeah. For yeah. sure, for yeah. sure. Um, so... Um, do you think it's easier to detect when it's a tyrant? I think it's just a lens that that we see it through because, you know, we're on the British side of history, so we're yeah. told the Nazis were the bad guys, so we look at their propaganda and go, oh, wow, how evil is that? But we had our own propaganda. It was just from a different yeah. lens, maybe. The, the winners write the history books, right? Yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, look, it may also just be about the purpose of the um, of the propaganda as well, right? Yeah, if it's nefarious but in nature, which we can see now with the benefit of hindsight, or if it was for a purpose of good. Yeah. In, in which case, maybe you would call it a noble lie rather than uh, <laughs> propaganda. <right>? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, giving people something to believe in mm. to you know lift their spirits or to fight the good or fight or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I just wanted to quickly go back just a, a little bit. Um, because Tim, you were mentioning before about them like raising the, the slaves as sort of their, their um, sort of supporters and backers there. Because there's a couple other sort of bits in there which were yep. interesting as well. Because um, they're talking about how he would purge the state 
of all of the people who are mm. of uh, good nature yep. and, um, you know, the valiant, high-minded, um, happy, wealthy and wise people. And so he takes away all that is good and leaves all of the worst kinds of people yes. who are happy to sort of support their cause and, um, you know, raising an army of mercenaries, you know, based out of well, slaves, as you're sort of saying, mm. as well as, you know, obviously in others that they're sort of enlisting out there. And they say at this point in time, he's going to be now um, hated and despised by the good, uh, but the bad will flock to him and, yeah. s- and strengthen his ranks. Yeah. Um, so just to sort of paint the picture of where he's up to there. Sure. Because um, I just thought that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting at this point in time, like how hated he must be by many of the population when they were people who have supported his rise to power. And yep. he's now, you know, they're now feeling the bite of tyranny yep. sort of on them. Yeah. Um, so sorry, I got us a little bit off track. So, so now they're, they're sort of talking really about like how they maintain the tyranny. And this is, uh, I think what Ruth is talking about before, about the wealth and the issue with funding your wars and mm. this sort of thing. So um, they start by basically like raiding the city for all of the wealth of the city. Yep. And um, because they've got that issue of taxes, right? And uh, so he wants to try and avoid taxing the hell out of everybody because it's obviously like he knows it's going to get him offside. Yeah. So before he resorts to taxing the hell out of everybody, he'll just raid the coffers of like, it's probably like uh, killing off anyone who's rich and just trying to take their wealth off them. Yep. Yeah. That sort of thing. And then. Uh, this is the really interesting bit, I think, where they sort of say, well, if you sort of run out of funds there, um, you know, this is where uh, it comes knocking on his folks' door. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A <laughs> little bit of sarcasm where the question is asked, would he, would he really take money from his own father? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yes, he would. Yeah. He would. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's interesting. It, it's, I wouldn't have automatically thought of this, like after you've raided all of the the, the city for for their wealth, I'm <laughs> knocking on your parents' door. I'm broke, you know. You're the tyrannical leader of this state. You're going to come knocking on your parents' door, um, looking for money. Um, this actually sort of says to me, Ruben. Um, you know, you're asking before about like where, what class he came from, mm. and I think so that is indicate- kind of giving us the answer here. Yeah. yeah. So he's actually probably coming from an oligarchical yeah. class. He's Maybe rich. his parents parents are oligarchs. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, throwing that off. But still, you know, <laughs> coming knocking for the cash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he kind of almost basically says, so the tyrant is a patricide, a, a parasite. Yeah. Does that mean he kills his parents? Yeah, that's that's exactly what it means. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and I, he's pretty disgusted by it. So mm. he kind of said, of all the, it's almost like he's saying, of all the crimes that this tyrant commits, this is kind of the highest order one. Like, this is the end of the road. This is yeah. total corruption. Well, I think it's like with disbelief, he's kind of talking about, yeah. you know, is, is he really going to do that to the, the mother who has raised him from, yeah. from this? and The father, the, the poor old man who's, mm. you know, slaved and done this for his family because he has a couple of times previously in the book referred to talked about respect for your elders and things like that as being yep. an important yep. thing mm. and he's pretty disgusted by the idea that uh, the son would 
expect the father to fund him rather than the other way around, where the, 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 the children should be caring for the elderly in their old age. Yeah, and this sort of harks back to the part he was talking about as um, democracy was giving uh, switching over to tyranny mm. about that lack of respect that starts to permeate through yes. the culture. And, and I think this is the ultimate manifestation of that. Where it's the, kind of the dark side of equality. The dark side of equality. Yeah, because he's, he's saying ordinarily you would have that hierarchy where you have the respect for the elders, yep. and he's saying that equality that it's all been busted down so everyone's yep. equal. So why wouldn't you just go to the guy next? Because it's not he's not he's no longer seeing it as taking money from his superior. Mm. This bloke, I mean, it's probably not rationalising it like this, but yeah. it's it's not a stretch to think that he's just going to take someone from the. It's not take, it's taking money from the bloke next to him at that point because uh, that absolutely that barrier has been broken down. They actually mentioned that earlier in a, a few paragraphs, well, I think, where they're saying, like, the liberty of the son is to disobey the father. Yeah. yeah. And so that is the freedom, the ultimate liberty where democracy has gone too far, That's and that is the maximum liberty that the son can have. So he knew he, knew he was headed here again. Uh, he, he, he always plans ahead, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love this quote about what the parent discovers sure. at the end of this, yeah. which is... Um, uh, then the parent will discover what a monster he has been fostering in his bosom. <laughs> yes. And when he wants to drive him out, he will find that he is weak and his son is strong. Mm. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Absolutely. That feels like something the Emperor would say in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you are strong. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds something like that. It's a very cool quote. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because we're now talking about the parasite as well. You're saying, uh, you know... Uh, then he is a parasite and a cruel guardian of an aged parent, mm. and this is real tyranny, about which there can no longer uh, there can be no longer a mistake. As the saying is, the people who would escape the smoke, which is the slavery of free men, have fallen into the fire, is the tyranny of slaves. Mm. Um, and exchange your excessive and untimely freedom for the harshest and bitterest of servitude, mm. where the slave is master. Yeah. Yep. So uh, now's the part where we talk about what the uh, tyrannical man looks like, right? The individual, yeah. Psych. Now we're going to talk about the appetite for pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a short detour at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep it short so we don't have a, a two-hour episode. Oh, what do you reckon we're up to? I think we're well over an hour. Damn so let's continue. Yeah. So what's what's the his appetite? This is going to be like the, the bonus episode, right? It's yeah, the, the yeah. special two hour edition. <laughs> special edition for subscribers only. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, this bit, uh, Ribs and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, and they're talking about how you know the desires kind of. I mean, in fact, we were talking about this in the show earlier, right? About how the desires overtake the man, mm. and uh, he's. I I thought, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we're sort of tossing this around. They're sort of talking about, I thought, um, sort of the dream state, in a, in a sense. Yeah. And that you know, um, you know, when you're dreaming, it's your subconscious talking to you, and if you've got so many desires and you're weak with desire, you're gonna have these like out of control dreams, just like, just thinking about all this stuff or people or wealth and all this stuff yeah, that okay. you want you, it's getting sort of out of control. Um, whereas a, uh, a man who's more, um, uh, what's the word? Temperate, um, yeah. you know, may meditate and, uh, his pulse is calm. He's going to sleep well and have 
sort of uh, happier dreams and yeah. all this sort of thing, and just be, be a more sort of stable sort yeah. of person in the subconscious, not just the conscious. Sure. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if that's how you took that one. But no, not the first time I read it. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly think I'd have to go through it again yeah. and give it some real thought. But I, I, you, I think you've raised something really interesting there. Uh, the sort that wake while we sleep, when the reasonable and humane part of us is sleep and its control relaxed, and our fierce bestial nature, full of blood and drink, rouses itself and has its flings and tries to secure its own kind of satisfaction. I missed that sleep part the first time. You know, I, yeah. But anyone, anyone who's got the book. I, I think there's probably a lot here that we're not even going to get to touch, yeah. touch the, uh, oh, the tip off. Like there's, there's some stuff going on in this tyrannical character section. Yeah. See, I, for me, dreams, dreams are when I have a night of like dreaming over and over again. I don't like it. I, yeah. I feel I wake up and I'm like I didn't yeah. sleep well. But I know that from a science perspective, if you have dreams, then that means you're in good sleep. Right. So it's deep sleep, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, <sighs> I like I, I but, have but really they, vivid dreams. But are so, they stressful dreams? Sometimes they are. Like sometimes yeah. they're like. Yeah. Any more meditation before bed? Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some, I've sometimes taken dreams as a warning. Yeah. And and I've I've decided, okay, I'm going to change this thing, mm. and I've been really grateful that I've had that dream because it has freaked me out. I'm like, interesting. Okay, I'm going to listen to this one because it really freaked me out. Yeah. And there's, there's obviously something here and I think about it and I find, yep. Mm. Um, so I had a dream once that I was in my car. I had my wife and kids in the car and there was roadworks and I was impatient and angry and I pulled into this right lane and hammered it out of frustration mm. and came over a hill and then there was like this concrete barrier thing there. Yeah. Just blind. I just come over a hill and I hit it and we're like flying through the air about to die. Yeah. And I just remember in the dream like yelling out, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like just regretting that I'd been impatient and out of control. Yeah. And so I woke up and I was like, holy crap. That scared the crap out of me. And um, it just stayed with me for days. I'm like, all right, maybe that's just saying I need to have a bit more patience and calm down a little bit. Or I'll do something stupid. Teaching you, know? you temperance, mate. So, so, so <laughs> actually that dream like changed. And so when I drive... Mm. And like I said, today, twice I had people just merge on top of me. Yeah. So frustrating. <laughs> but I just, I come back to that dream and I think, don't be a cock. Just yeah. let him go and just, just wait. Yeah. That's all right. When you <laughs> said cock, he means wanker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which means goose. <laughs> Which means silly sausage. <laughs> I think we're going to have to start putting subtitles in every time we use an yeah. Australian colloquialism. I think cocks, uh, cocks. I think cock is a uh, term that the English would be familiar with. Okay, I think, absolutely. I think all of Americans would be too, surely. Yeah. I think they figure it out. Well, sure. Yeah. 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 So, yes, dreams. I Sometimes I think they're important and I, I find this interesting that they're saying chaotic dreams show chaotic underpinnings. Mm. Calm dreams show that you're all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but and then trying to link that with if I get a bad night's sleep, I feel tired. But if I get a good night's sleep where I dream a lot, yeah, I wake up feeling like I didn't have a break from my stupid brain. <laughs> sure. So I want like medium level sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want yeah. ten hours of medium level sleep where yeah. I wake up not feeling wrecked, but I didn't dream a lot. Yeah. 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 
I think sleep's a pretty complicated thing, but um, but in general, I think he's just sort of saying, um, yeah, it's just your subconscious is that as that were, mm. and you know, a calm mind will have calm thoughts, and a turbulent mind will have turbulent thoughts, mm. and it, it sounds logical, right? Um, it does. If you're hyper stressed and there's like mm. heavy shit going on, yeah. You're probably not going to sleep that well, right? Yeah, you dream about work and stuff when it's yeah. just about work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it kind of makes sense. I mean, he's talking more about, I think, vice and desire more than anything in, in this sort of state. I yeah. think in general, you'd have to say. And he does say immediately after talking about the dreams, um, uh, we've been digressing, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My point is that <laughs> well, let's, let's even, in an out, even in an out most respectable for us there is a terrible bestial and immoral type of desire which manifests itself particularly in dreams do you think I'm talking sense and do you agree yes I agree that's, a very that's kind of what you're saying isn't it yeah I'll read this out it says in saying this I have been running into a digression well Socrates had a digression but the point which I desire to note is that in all of us, even in good men, there is a lawless, wild beast nature which peers out in sleep. Mm. Pray consider whether I'm right and you agree with me. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so I think he's saying, like, even in a well-ordered <clears throat> mind, you can still have moments where you let the beast out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as always, like, when he's talking about these things, it's okay to have desires mm. and it's just whether you can control them or not, I think, is the, mm. is the thing. He's a, he, he, what's the word he is there? Digression. Here's a digression. <laughs> I love my dog sleeps on that chair over there sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he'll start dreaming, mm. and he'll lie there and start like trying to run in his sleep. Yeah. Like, yeah. And make noises. Yeah. And once I've because he was freaking out once, and I went over and sort of just really gently patted him and said his name. I'm like hey Shaggy, Shaggy, wake up, wake up. And then he opened his eyes, and then like just fully tried to go me. Yeah. Like he was freaked out, like just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mental. And I'm like, whoa, dude. And he like got up and looked around and he was just, you could see he was freaked out yeah. for a good five seconds or so and then realized, oh, I'm safe, I'm okay. And then yeah. became his normal self again. And he was I'm having like, a bestial, he was having a bestial and immoral yeah. type desire that manifested itself. I was like, <laughs> what was he dream. dreaming about? What was he dreaming about? <laughs> What a weird thing. Yeah, some dog you saw at the park, you know. Like, yeah, the guy was picking on me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a man, I'm not feminine, I'm yeah. masculine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lol. Mm. Um, look, now they're sort of talking about the individual. Because um, they're talking about how the democratic man goes to the tyrannical man. So he says, remember the democratic man who's brought up with these different desires. Um, yeah. And ends up Entertaining unnecessary desires. Okay. They go into other examples. Has not a drunken man got the spirit of a tyranny, uh, of a tyrant? Yeah, they, they, they were Tyrant? talking about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's a few. And, and, and you know that a man who is deranged and not right in his mind will fancy that he's able to rule. Yeah. Not only over men, but also over the gods. Mm. Again, this is a funny thing too. You reference an old love in there. Mm. It's like I don't know if it means like a like a stalker like obsession with someone, maybe rather than uh, rather than like a genuine heartfelt love or something like that. But um, something mm. that's a bit more sort of uh, darker in nature, perhaps. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, and just saying, like, if when you're under the influence of those things, that's when, like, an inner tyrant might sort of, sort of show itself a little bit. Mm. In maybe a more normal man. Um, yeah. I think he's just drawing that parallel. Um, okay, he's over to that section on love. Is that what you mean? Where. I can't remember quite where. So, that yes, was, but, he um, said that is oh, the yes. way in which the tyrannical yeah. man is generated. And is this not the reason why of old love has been called a tyrant? I should not wonder. Is yeah. And old love? Well, they initially spoke about the old love, and then and then they're talking about the son who who is turning into the tyrant, right? Yeah. And saying that, like, uh, the, the particular they're talking about this this son who's going back to his parents again, like that example we're talking about with the patricide, yeah. yeah. And saying that he's um, if he's fallen in love with some harlot, oh. and like brings so it back, brings that- it back to the old's place. <laughs> and um, and he's yeah. more or less sort of um, he's he's still sort of being the tyrant. He has no respect for his parents. And they're saying, you know, uh, you know, would he put this harlot above his mother or father? Yeah. And that's what Glaucon's like. Absolutely, he would. Yeah. yeah. Glaucon's uh, like, yeah, been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saying, Glaucon the degenerate. Yeah. 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 And he's saying, like, at this point, this is when you know you're uh, under the spell. Um, of of love, which which was the bit that I was a bit confused by, because it, it sounded like the, a misuse of the word love in the way that we interpret it. Yeah, we sort of speculated on this a little bit while Tim was setting up. Sorry, you probably weren't here for the conversation. No. But <laughs> Do you mean we, like lust rather than love? The, yeah, that's kind yeah. of the conclusion we came yeah. to. They must yeah. be, you must be talking about being a slave to your desire mm. rather yeah. than love. We're talking about being like maybe infatuation, yeah. where you feel like kind of like obsessed, and it. It might be something more about like, oh my God, you know, like she looks amazing, but maybe you don't actually have a connection like spiritually mm, mm. or mentally, Yeah. but you're like, so you know. start doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do to attain that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and it's maybe like thinking of them as an object as well, rather, yeah. rather yeah. than love, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Objectification. That, yeah. That, that made sense to me. Yeah. You know, I just thought too, and yeah, they're talking about bringing it back to his parents and then him mistreating his parents and yeah. I, I actually think of a, a personal not a, a personal example. I think of a personal not that I've experienced it but an individual example like of a, a a person rather than the state of where this happens you see it with um, drug addiction hmm. where kids yeah. will steal from their parents yeah. to feed that addiction yeah 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 yeah. because the parents won't hand it over willingly yeah. that's and that's, a, and that's yeah. where you really kind of, I think that's a perfect example of where you see an individual who is mm. who's a slave yeah to that desire. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, That's a good example. Um, there, there's a quote I can, I can go to on this one. Um, Subject to the Lord's uh, and to his father were only let loose in the dreams of sleep. But now that he's under the dominion of love, he becomes always and in waking reality what he was then very rarely in a dream only. He'll commit mm. the foulest murder or eat forbidden food or be guilty of any other horrid act. Love is his tyrant and lives lordly in him and lawlessly, and being himself a king, leads him on as a tyrant leads a state to the performance of any reckless deed by which he can maintain himself and the rabble of his associates, whether those whom evil communications have brought in from without, or those whom he himself has allowed to break loose within him by reason of similar evil nature in himself. Right, so in, in the individual, his associates... So in the tyrant, his associates are the people who gets around him to protect him. Yeah. In the individual, it's those desires that he's feeding. Yeah. 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 And he'll do anything to protect 
to, to protect them because they're protecting him. And, and feed them, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's... Um, that's a yeah, good example. Pretty profound, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So from looking at that individual then, they start to talk about what that impact is going to be on the state. Um, they very quickly sort of just sort of... Blame crime on it. <laughs> more, more or less. I mean... Yeah. Um, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For yeah. example, they are the thieves, burglars, yeah. cut purses, footpads, robbers of temples, man stealers of the community. Mm. Or if they are able to speak, they turn informers and bear false witness and take bribes. Yep, all that stuff. Corrupt. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, think, I, I think it's reasonable though. I mean, when you look at somebody who's willing to go out and defraud or steal, mm. it's usually because they're they're kind of a slave to their own desire, whether it be to greed mm. or whether it be to some other kind of addiction. Yeah. I mean, you, you do see some people that genuinely steal out of desperation because they can't eat. Sure. Mm. Rare in our society, but you yeah. can see where that's been. Yeah. yeah, that's not what he's talking about here. No, not at all. Um, I think it's a reasonable analysis. I like it. Yeah. And then I think they just broadly sort of speak about them, which is not uh, surprising or anything like that just saying about the people in general in the state mm. and that if they submit willingly to him then it's somewhat of a painless transition of power mm. but if they resist him he'll beat them like he'd beat his own parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> which yeah. is the yeah. example that he gave which yeah. is like pretty brutal in your yeah. mind when you think about if this guy cares so little for his parents what's he going to do to you some yes yeah. who gets in his way He's going to do something horrible. He will shank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll profess every sort of affection for them. And once they've gained their point, they know them no more. Well, so, th- so this is where we start mm. talking about the, the private tyrant. So mm. he starts to define a difference yeah. between a private tyrant and a public tyrant. Mm. I think you can really see, I know, more digressions, but <laughs> you can really see Socrates' philosophy playing out here from way back at the start where he's like, yeah. oh, justice is that idea of fulfilling your, like having balance and yeah. temperance. Yeah. You can see where a lack of temperance, which comes from the democratic man, leads to this kind of extreme t- t- tyranny. Because mm. yeah. mm. they haven't got that virtue of temperance. Yeah, and, and temperance, in a bit of a parody, is that harmony as well, he's, all, he's always sort of talking about mm. as well. Yeah. Balance and... Mm. Um, that's funny because um, I think when we think equality, it kind of it, it essentially is considered a, a, a positive term these mm. days. Um, I, I think Socrates would draw a distinction between equality and harmony. Mm. He would say equality doesn't equal harmony. Those are two different things. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, they're, they're distinctly different in this time. Yeah. 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 Mm, interesting. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, so the, the private tyrant that he's sort of talking about here, um, just basically saying that, yeah, they've got no friends. Yep. Um, so everyone there either kissing someone else's shoes and sucking up to them to get their way, or they're having someone else kiss their shoes yep. and sucking up to them, you know right. what I mean? And yep. feeding the sycophants. But, uh, yeah. It's, um, That's well described. It says that they are always either the masters or servants yeah. and never the friends of anybody the tyrant never tastes of true freedom or friendship <laughs> nice 
and uh, that they would be treacherous and completely unjust is yeah. kind of the other point, which, yeah. you know, it's obviously kind of cut into the chase on what Socrates is trying to sort of paint the picture off, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and the, the saying, like, the longer he lives, the worse he's going to get, like, the more of a tyrant they yeah. become over time because they're miserable people. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. The, oh. And, and so, like, the misery is just going to compound yeah. and, and make it worse. I'll read that quote. It says, and will he, oh, sorry, and will not he who has been shown to be the wickedest also be the most miserable? And he who has tyrannized longest and most, most continually and truly miserable, although this may not be the opinion of men in general. Mm. Yes, he said, inevitably. And must not the tyrannical man be like the tyrannical state and the democratical man like the democratical state and the same of the others? Certainly. And as state is to state in virtue and happiness, so is man in relation to man, to be sure. Then comparing our original city, which was under a king, and the city which is under a tyrant, how do they stand as to virtue? They are the opposite extremes, he said. For one is the very best, and the other is the very worst. Hmm. Do we agree? Uh, there's a lot there, like those four little lines. Yeah, well, look... I guess the thing is to Socrates is holding up um, aristocracy as the number one model, and I don't know that we necessarily agree sure on that. As a, yeah. yeah. Um, so Do you think I, the model of the individual is correct? Well, as as far Perhaps as uh, not virtuous the state. to non-virtuous. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with that statement. I think. Um, because how can somebody in a tyrannical state have virtue? Like, it is it is a state without virtue, almost by definition. And almost rewards non-virtue. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, the opposite of that, you could argue what that state looks like as to whether it's, you know, aristocracy or something else, um, or a, sort of a hybrid mishmash of what we have in the modern era. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I think it's basically a state with with virtues and morals versus a state with none. Yep. Well, let's read this bit. So, there can be no mistake, I said, as to which is which, and therefore, I will at once inquire whether you would arrive at a similar decision about their relative happiness and misery. And here we must not allow ourselves to be panic-stricken at the apparition of the tyrant, who is only a unit and may perhaps have a few retainers about him, but let us go as we ought into every corner of the city look all about and then we will give our opinion so i think that kind of leads into next week's subject i think i think so they're going to go and talk about uh because this whole thing was a long-winded thing to see uh who's the happiest or who's the most advantageous the just or the unjust man so yeah look uh there's a bit where they touch on the public tyrant but i think we've we've gone for a lot of this one as well so uh, we, I can, we can I'm, save that for next week I'm exhausted <laughs> my <laughs> Red Bull Red Bull has worn off yeah my Red Bull <laughs> but look thanks for coming over guys and, and for those at home thanks for watching and listening um, this is good doing it face to face is certainly more challenging now for recording purposes than do, yeah than doing yeah. it online although that. setting up online was equally as difficult probably, yeah. probably took longer yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the conversation I, I felt more natural having you guys in the same room sure. for me I enjoyed it yeah. Yeah. I, I was planning on throwing things at some point <laughs> the opportunity didn't arise 
What did you have to throw? Oh, uh, I can find something. Yeah. <laughs> Tim's got an amplifier here. Yeah. That might be a bit big. There's a guitar amp. There's, there's some VR remote. I'm sure he'd yeah. kill me for Bottle throwing that. Bottle of Kraken. Release of Kraken. Well, I don't know whether we can see on the cameras, but you've got better ammo there. You've got all the glass oh, yeah. bottles. Yeah, good stuff here. I know, it seems like a missed opportunity, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think we make a commitment that uh, for next week's episode, we... Uh, Drink out of it, Mugs. Sure. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, thank, you, thank you. Um, so, thanks, Mum. Thank you, Mama Widom. Yep. And, thank you very uh, much. We will, we will use that with pride next week. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming over. And uh, remember, the Republic wasn't built in a day, and neither middle aged men, and neither is face to face episodes, which I will now have to go and produce. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Oh yeah! Turn off all these cameras. <laughs>